Hello, and welcome to Live and Let's Discuss. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. And we're going to talk about the beginning of the Brosden era, you know, Noah's favorite era. Yeah, this is going to be a special episode. My most controversial take yet. Oh yeah, I know what your take is, because we... <laughs> so, like with the last one, we're not going to get into the novelization too much. If you want our opinions on the two John Gardner novelizations, check out the Paper Movies podcast. We've both been on there, and we both reviewed those as well as the first Raymond Benson novelization tomorrow never dies mm -hmm. but I mean there isn't much we could say here with golden eye because the novelization is literally just the script in book form the only thing that it adds is it, it gives a little more explanation to why M is a woman now yeah and a little bit about the, the friction between Bond and M. Mm -hmm. But not much. Yeah. So the story goes, they wanted Brosnan back in the, during the pre-production of Living Daylights. He was on a TV show and he could not break contract. Um, so after... The Soviet Union fell and they didn't know what to do with Bond. There were some lawsuits going on. A lot of nonsense. They finally get Goldeneye off the ground and they get Brosnan to be Bond. Because Dalton was done by that point. Because mm -hmm. there was a good chance there would have never been a Bond movie again. So we get the most Russian Bond movie yet <laughs> goldeneye is a very strange movie it's a strange movie that i'm very nostalgic for mm. but it has big issues with it um it opens with back during the cold war 007 and 008 team up to stop a it's a, it's a Soviet missile silo or some sort of weapons cache. Isn't he uh, 006? It's 006. Yes, it's 006. Hmm. 008 uh, is the guy who always gets killed. That's right. Sorry, that's why I was thinking 008. Mm -hmm. 006, Alex Trevelyan. Mm -hmm. um, Alec Trevelyan, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, they... They team up to stop this. Um, it's a it's a super weapon, whatever it is. It's gonna end the world or whatever. Uh, Alex is allegedly killed. Bond escapes and blows up the uh, the big weapon, and we go into Tina Turner, Goldeneye, which is the only good piece of music in this whole movie. Yes. Movie score is the most bizarre score of any Bond movie. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. It's like funky techno. I don't know what to call it other than French. It just feels really French. Remember when he's uh, driving early on? That scene with like the woman, and there's like this uh, techno fart music. Yeah, they. You know what they call that that track on the soundtrack? Ladies first. 
Genius. It sounds like porno music. Mm-hmm. That's the only time Bond. It sounds like Jeremy. It, it reminds me. It sounds like uh, the score from California Big Hunks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, porno music. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Ugh. They got the same composer. That's his big break in Hollywood. <laughs> so bad. Um, but. Cold War's over, which is a big theme of this, although we're in Russia for this this film, for a lot of it, hmm. and we're, we're just going to spoil it, because I think everyone knows it at this point. 006 is bad. He's the big bad of this movie. He's working with... A, a weird sadist nymphomaniac and a former um, Russian colonel mm-hmm. to uh, steal the satellites to destroy the world so they'll get money. Great plan. That's that's the plan of it. I have a lot... It's so far-fetched but i think this movie gets a lot of forgiveness Hmm. and i have two reasons for it number one the video game exactly the video game is why people my generation love goldeneye they don't even remember the movie they just remember playing the game the other thing is that this was a breath of fresh air after License to Kill was so violent. Because mm. this does everything opposite of License to Kill without getting to Roger Moore. Yeah, but the result is... Well, the big problem that. is Brosnan hasn't found his step yet. You He's the weak part of... This, this is the only time I'm going to say this with his movies. This is where he's the weakest link. Mm-hmm. Because by yeah, the time I don't he gets if... the next film, he's significantly better. Than uh, this. Yeah, I guess. But for me... So yeah, I would agree he gets better with each movie. Maybe not Die Another Day, because it's Die Another Day. But... Yeah, he does get more comfortable in the role. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye is the worst first performance of any Bond actor to me. I yes. legitimately think he is worse than Lazenby. Because Lazenby wasn't an actor, he was just a model. He did, by comparison, a phenomenal job. Because Brosnan in this feels like a model photo come to life. Yeah. Well, it feels like he's, he's doing a Dalton thing. Hmm. For a lot of it. He's trying to be like Dalton. He's and trying to be like every Bond. Like, wasn't that like how they marketed him? Like, he's the best of all Bond actors. He has all of it combined in one. I watched. I know that's what his fans him. Re- that was from a, like this year, last year or this year. And he said he, he tried to find balance between Sean Connery and Roger Moore. Hmm. 
He wanted to be an amalgamation of both their positives. Mm. That's what we always try to strive for. But this, it just feels like the Dalton script, you can blatantly see it. Like, they just wanted a, a cold killer. And he's gunning down people left and right in this. This might be the most gunning down yet. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like with the whole theme of like Cold War is over, you're a relic of, of an older time. Mm -hmm. And he looks like a young, fresh-faced, 90s douchebag model guy. Because this is right around the Mrs. Doubtfire era where he played a giant douchebag. <laughs> like his physique is exactly the same. Yeah, and he just doesn't look... Like, I imagine, like, Dalton in this. Let's say this was made, like, uh, somewhat shortly after License to Kill, this exact script. Mm -hmm. Just imagine Dalton in most of these scenes, especially, like, the emotional ones, where he really has to act. It's like, yes. ooh, that would be a great film. Well, Dalton's like, immediately the best actor that ever played Bond. And that... You gotta factor that in with Brosnan. Because he's nowhere near the caliber of actor Dalton. Dalton's a Shakespearean actor. He's like the only one of them that was. Mm. But with Brosnan, it's so weird. Because to me, it's like when people say, oh, he's like all charismatic and stuff, you know. I just, especially in this one, I don't see it. Like, I can see the attempt of him to be like the cool guy. But it just comes across like clunky. Like, he's trying to be charismatic and charming. For me... He's not naturally it's like 50 Connery 50. or Moore. It's 50-50 in this. For instance, the casino stuff, which is in the Casino Royale. Hmm. It's a callback. Well, I mean, the it's a callback to really Dr. No, I think is what they're trying to reference but it feels more like a callback to the novel Casino Royale. Hmm. Um, that feels forced, but I will say, despite horrible porno music, I do enjoy the, the race. Hmm. That's also because I like watching the Aston Martin. It's the only time we get to see it. Is, is it in the era or in this movie? In this movie. In the, okay. Because yeah, now we get we, this is the BMW era, your favorite, your your people's car. Yeah, well, the Volkswagen is the people's car, <laughs> but it is the German car. What is your opinion on the Volkswagens? I not the Volkswagens. Volkswagens are terrible cars. What is your opinion of the BMWs, the Bond movies? Uh, they're fine, I guess. That's my take them. on it. I hate them. Mm -hmm. um, so the big thing with the BMWs <laughs> is that Brosnan got the cars at the end of the movies. BMW would give him cars. And I think that's why they kept getting them. Because mm. he got a big... He got pulled over when he was filming Dante's Peak, which came out after this movie. That was his next film. And he got pulled over by Highway Patrol here in America going like 110 in his BMW. And they're like, is this the Goldeneye car? And he's like, yeah. 
<laughs> and he didn't get a ticket. That's okay. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, talking about the the, uh, the classic Bond car, you know, being in this, the DB5. Mm-hmm. Is this? I mean, that's a wider discussion about the DB5 uh, returning in the later movies. Mm-hmm. Is it good in this one? Let's not talk about the whole era, because I think Brosnan still has it in the next ones, as like his personal car. Yeah, it replaces what the Bentley was in the Connery films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would agree it's fine in this one for him to have the old DB5 back? Yeah, I, I'm assuming you're bringing up because in Skyfall... Yeah, when, when Bond has the DB5, it makes zero sense because that's yeah. a reboot. Yeah, because it's a reboot, and because we are so far, and one because we're so far into the future, where the DB5 just—I don't know—it does come across as fan service. E. Yeah, I get—I get it in this case because it has been so long since a Bond movie. You know, you want to bring the fans back in. You show the classic car once here. That's fine. But I'm just thinking, it, it, it's more a case with the Craig movies. It loses its magic if you bring it bring it back every well, movie. Part of why it works in GoldenEye is they don't put it through the paces. Hmm. They use it as a car. It's not like you're shooting missiles, using the ejector seat, or okay. blowing smoke, or a laser comes out of it, what have you. <laughs> Whatever they feel like having in the, the Aston Martin this time around. And no time to die. Well, that's when the miniguns come out, which I, I don't think ever existed before that film. Mm. Were they in Skyfall? No, it was a different machine gun. It was like a a thirty caliber machine gun, which is what's in it in Goldfinger, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I can't remember if the guns come out in Goldfinger. The, the big thing in that is the ejector seat, which is so... Funny, even the Lego has the ejector seat built in. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I the only gadget they use on it is the ice box in the glove compartment, not the glove compartment, in the center console. Mm-hmm. Have you heard this? Is his driving teacher, which I do <laughs> like that. That feels very Bond, and it works. That's him yeah. doing his more. Oh, oh, definite. That, that that scene is fine. That's good. Yeah. Have you heard the theory that this is like, uh, he's getting evaluated because of going rogue uh, years prior? Like, they still have to test him, and this was supposed to be like, uh, connecting tissue? I've heard that. What I, I think it is, is the M doesn't think there's a use for him. Yeah. And that's why he's being evaluated. Which they go into more in the novelization. With how mm-hmm. M retired and now we have a new M. Which I want to point out in the Brosnan era, in the movies she doesn't get a name. In the novelizations by Benson, at least, she does. She has a name in John Gardner and I think it's the same. It's the same? He already, okay, I didn't remember if he mentioned her name. Yeah, because I think she's also in the last Gardner book, too. I think she's in Cold. Oh, yeah, because they're trying to do, like, a big connection stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think she's in that, too. Yeah, because that's... Uh, I think I mentioned this to you in private, how the Benson books 
pretend both the Brosnan movies like they are canon to the book universe. Which yes, is the because they had to Gardner, be. Yeah, the, Gar the Fleming, Gardner and Benson universe and Colonel Sun is also in there. Yes, they've they were directed to do th Benson was directed to do that. Mm. Um, I think just to maintain things because Gardner sometimes did, sometimes didn't. Um, we'll we'll talk more about that when we get into the Raymond Benson stuff, because mm -hmm. his stuff's worth more mention than Gardner's novelizations are. Because Gardner's novelizations are just meh. They're very mediocre. Meh. Um, we, we haven't talked about our Bond girl, who I don't remember the name of. Natalia? Yes. The hacker. The hacker. The guy. The f famous guy. I am invincible. Him... They're they're working at a satellite base, and then our uh, former Russian colonel and the nymphomaniac Anya on the top, Jean Grey. That's right. Yes, doing a horrible Russian accent. So many bad accents. Oh yeah, yeah, very bad. Uh, well, actually, we need to talk about she. She murdered a dude while having sex with him by crushing him with her thighs. Hmm. So they could steal a helicopter that has a cloaking device on it, so they can go to this one of the Golden Knights Golden Eye stations to blow it up and kill everyone there, mm -hmm. so that they can go to the other one in Cuba, so they could steal money. Yeah. <sighs> it's so dumb. It's shocking this movie's as fun as it is. Because mm. with, with, with us explaining it, it sounds like the worst thing since A View to a Kill. Yeah. And it's not. I, th I think I gotta give credit to Martin Campbell because I think the filmmaking kind of saves it. Because talking just about the story... It's dumb. It's really dumb. Like, I have, I still, I've watched this movie, like, so many times, I still have no idea what the villain's motivation is, because he has this whole thing of, like, uh, Cold War, my parents got killed, I'm angry at England, I'm gonna rob the bank and destroy the country at the same time. It literally feels like an amalgamation of the villain from the Moonraker novels, Drax's backstory, and the villain from Skyfall's backstory had a baby. <laughs> and not it, it, it's not a good baby. It's just, it's, it's it's Sean Sean Bean. It's Sean Bean in the height of him playing a villain in literally everything. He's yes, the highlight so. of this movie. Is he? In my opinion, he should have been Bond. I don't get why he wasn't Bond. He has more charisma than Pierce Brosnan does in this movie. Yeah, that's true. He's the only one that looks like he's having fun. Hmm. Well, I mean, Pierce but... Brosnan sometimes looks like he has fun. He just seems overwhelmed this whole movie. 
Hmm. This actor being overwhelmed, rolling around. There's a lot of Bond rolling. There's a lot of somersaulting and rolling. Um, the other highlight is uh, Robbie Coltrane. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's oh, he's really good. He I, he's I can't say anything against him in this uh, as uh, the Russian arms dealer who mm -hmm. Bond has previously injured and he hates Bond but reluctantly helps him. He also shows up in The World Is Not Enough and it's like the only good part of that movie. Yep. But don't forget, we also get the new Felix Leiter in this. Oh, I hate the new Felix Leiter. He's like only like so little above Sheriff J.W. Pepper. Sh Sheriff J.W. Pepper? Is more entertaining. Mm -hmm. What what's his name? He's he. It's Whitaker from Living Daylights. The it is Whitaker because we talked about this when we recorded. I legit don't remember his name. Wait, something like that. Wait, let's just let's just call him Whitaker. That's more yeah. fun. Good but Whitaker, yeah. the good yeah good guy Whitaker. Forrest Good Whitaker. <laughs> No one hates me right now for that one, but oh, well. so he he's the CIA contact. He sucks. I think we have to mention this. I think they just didn't bring back Felix for the Brosnan era at all because license to kill. Yes, and they were like, we're not going to open that wound. Mm -hmm. So they got us someone that sucks, and we have him for two films because mm -hmm. he's in the next one too. And then they realized the. Like how that failed, and they brought back Robbie Coltrane. Yes. Um. Yeah, I just want to talk about a few scenes because they're pretty much everyone and their mother has seen Goldeneye. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about the tank scene where okay. they destroy half of Saint Petersburg. Is it Moscow or St. Petersburg? I can't remember which. I think it's St. Peter. I, I don't think it's Moscow. But yeah, the, it's the city. Yeah. They just annihilate it. Bond just drives a tank through it and just wrecks half the city. Mm. Which is kind of fun, but it, in retrospect, it makes me angry how he doesn't destroy any anything in Germany in Tomorrow Never Dies. No, yeah, I, I don't know. They 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 ripped a a poster, didn't they? Yeah, he destroyed. Oh, that was the in car. Vietnam. He destroyed a car dealership in in Hamburg. That's right. That was that's what I get when Bond is in my country. But the Russians they get their city destroyed, and that's just more fun. Yeah. the The other thing I want to bring up is the the deaths in this movie mm -hmm. are so over the top that they're cartoonish. Yes. Um, on the top's death. Well, first of all, she and Bond have a fight, which in the 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 book mm. involved his penis entering her. We all remember that part of our discussion <laughs> of of the novelization back then. You should check out the uh, Goldeneye discussion on paper movies when I broke Adam. I think we all broke Adam because he came up with the question, what was your favorite scene in this book that wasn't in the film? And I was like, <laughs> it is the most memorable part. It is. 
It is. Uh, yeah. But uh, Bond has his famous one-liner of it. It depends on what you call safe sex. As he puts a gun in her face. Mm. Um, even the, the t- Bond's introduction in the movie is terrible. The book, oh, yeah, that's the worst. Ooh. Well, he does he does the big jump with the um, bungee cord or whatever. Oh, yeah, this this low buildup is uh, really good before we see his face. But then that, when we see it, and he does the terrible pun, he's hanging upside down in a man's uh, stall. Toilet, in, in the stall, stall of the toilet. Yeah, and he has this goofy smile, and he's like, pardon, I forgot to knock. And then he knocks the guy out. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. In the book, he just straight up murders some people. <laughs> Better introduction. Yeah. Before he jumps over the, uh, jumps off the the dam. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Anya on the top's death, where she is shoved into a tree because she gets tanged up in a helicopter. And she climaxes as she dies. It's supposed to be an ironic death because she uses sex as a weapon and the tree is in a certain shape. Yes. It's brilliant. And then the I am invincible guy gets covered in liquid nitrogen and dies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Invincible guy was was pretty awesome. We have the exploding pen. Which they <laughs> reference in Skyfall. We don't really do that anymore. That, hmm, a dig at Goldeneye. Um, we get my my personal favorite death of the whole movie is when the, Sean Bean falls to his death and he's somehow still alive. Yes, then, that always makes me laugh. And then the satellite falls on him and kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I will say their fight scene is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Some good fighting there. Um, then, yeah. Uh, can I just point out, I want to go back to the plot quick, because something I never understood is the the entire opening. I get it. It's supposed to set up the relationship between Bond and 006. Was, he, 006, was Trevelyan already a traitor? Because that whole thing never made sense to me. Did I've always assumed he was. Okay. Um, so the idea is he he faked his the idea is is he faked his death there, getting shot, mm-hmm. and then Bond blew the thing up, and burned him, and burned him. Yeah, yeah. But I guess he would have needed Bond to escape, so he could tell like MI six. Yeah, Trevelyan is dead. Because why else would you fake getting shot if you're gonna kill Bond anyway? I don't know. That was always just a bitch. uh, Another interaction I like is when Bond and M sit down and they just lay it out. She just lays it out that she doesn't like him. Mm -hmm. Calls him a misogynistic dinosaur. And the guy is like, oh my god. The, The guy looks like a young 90s guy. And it's just, I imagine Dalton sitting there and that would make no sense with the dinosaur line. Imagine Roger Moore standing, uh, sitting there. <laughs> oh, that obviously that would fit with a cane. 
<laughs> Connery wouldn't put up with it. Oh, no way. Mr. I'm okay with the slapping women. Yeah, he, he wouldn't take his orders from this M. He wouldn't take orders from any woman. Hmm. That'd just be him. He was too busy being in Highlander 2 The Quickening. Hmm. But yeah, with the whole M and the money penny thing. Because he's like just uh, lightly flirting with her, like uh, the typical interactions, and she's like, "I could, you could get you for sexual harassment at the workplace." Mm -hmm. It just wants to show that the '90s have strong women. Yeah, and it does. It literally doesn't matter at all because no, uh, by, it's by the end of Die Another Day, that's a one eighty. Yeah, by the end of Die Another Day, Money Penny is masturbating to VR porn of Bond. Oh, I Which is a real that. thing, and I'm not even exaggerating. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. no. And M also gets more chill with him in the next movie already. Yeah, it, the, that's funny. The novelization brings that up that they're cool now. Yeah. She's like, I don't like your methods, like, like your sexist, the way you use women. And then in Tomorrow Never Dies, yeah, so there's this women, we need information. How about you seduce her? Yeah, because you've already been in a relationship with her, though. Yeah, so that makes it fine. Yeah. yeah, And we gotta fight Steve Jobs in that one. Mm -hmm. And here we just fight uh, a burn victim. <laughs> burn victim that can fight. He's, he's, I will say this, he's the second best Brosnan villain. Probably. I... Because the best is obviously uh, Steve Jobs. Yes. Yeah. I have kind of a soft spot for Electra King. Just because I like like the twist female villain. And I think the material isn't great, but she's giving a good performance. So I think she's kind of underrated in that sense. You Sean mean you Lee don't like a North Korean man turning into an Aryan man? Oh, God. No. With a, a diamond laser? Not, not Colonel Sun, Colonel Moon. Stop. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. But yeah, Sean Sean Bean in this, he is fine. Like, he's not doing a bad performance or anything, but mm -hmm. I don't know. He never was, like, ultra memorable to me. But I think that's just because his plan was so... Hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It feels like they... You know what it feels like? It feels like they saw Die Hard. And they they wanted it to be like this big espionage plot, but no, it's about stealing money. Oh, like trying to copy that little twist. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's also similar to like the Goldfinger twist, where he's like, "Oh, you want to steal the money? No, I want to destroy it." And here he's like, "You want to destroy England? Yeah, kind of, but I also want to just steal money." pointing at Noah. I just realized this is audio only. <laughs> so that me pointing at you isn't going to translate well. Um, yeah, so that's Goldeneye. It's fine. Not, not much to say. It's fine, yeah. I would say it has badly aged. The effects certainly have. We didn't oh, talk yeah. about that. Oh, yeah, that's every 90s movie that isn't Jurassic Park. Yeah, but, we but, haven't even talked about Brosnan's epic jump in the opening scene when he goes after the plane. Oh, yeah. 
because Tomorrow Never Dies did it better. Mm. That they redo the whole opening basically, and Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, better. Oh, uh, is but, is Bronson smoking in this one? Uh, he isn't. That's the only thing they stuck with is him not smoking. Except die another day. He's smoking a cigar. That's right. Okay. Yeah, because it's the big 40th anniversary, so he has to smoke because he's Bond, but that's the only thing they stuck with. Because GoldenEye was like, oh, this is a new era, we're changing everything. The only change that stuck around was Bond being a non-smoker. Yeah. I was gonna say the Walther changed, but no, it got changed back. Yeah, his sexism uh, and the way he treats women, they say, oh, you're dinosaur, but no. That's still around. Uh, he's still an alcoholic. So yeah. yeah. Oh, he's more an alcoholic. By the time we get mm. to the Craig era, he he's Mister <laughs> Booze in that. Yep. Especially in No Time to Die, he's Mister Drunky Pants. Hmm. Drunky Pants. Yeah, but Goldeneye, it's the Bond film of a generation, and I don't care much for it. And that's my controversial take. It's the game. I mean, they remade the game and they made it a Call of Duty clone for the Wii mm. U. They didn't they make it with uh, Daniel Craig in it? Yes, because James Bond Legends. Yeah, is it canon? Is that what he was doing between Quantum and Skyfall? Yeah, he was doing. Yeah, design. He was doing um... Bloodstone. Oh yeah, well that was an original game. Yeah, was did he only have one or two? I know, I know he had Bloodstone. Well, they made a Quantum of Solace game that's half a Casino Royale game, mm. and it's terrible. It's a horrible third-person cover shooter. That's the only one I've ever played. I know there Bloodstone was a thing. I remember being really excited for it, but you can't find it anywhere now. None of the mm. Bond games you can play on the PC anymore. Unless you have a, a disc copy. Because hmm. I want to play 007 Legends and fight Jaws in space as Daniel Craig. I really want to do that. Yeah, that would Fight be Sanchez. Because that's a boss. You fight Sanchez. Hmm. You fight... Uh, Blofeld. Blofeld. They don't do... Um, on her... They, they don't do uh, You Only Live Twice in that one, right? Uh, no. No. They should have. They do Goldfinger, Majesties, License to Kill, Moonraker, Die Another Day. Oh, that's right. So we get Die Another Day. Oh, we get Daniel Craig in Die Another Day. I just don't get why they didn't do You Only Live Twice. Just add a little more on. Because that would have been fun. Or um, Spy Who Loved Me. They did so have those games are Call of Duty ripoffs. That's their point. Hmm. So you're not going to do Living Daylights. You're not going to do View to a Kill. Mm -hmm. Moonraker's so weird because he never uses a gun in Moonraker. Well, now he does. This is weird. I guess they just wanted space for variety. Probably. And they want to die another day for the sake of the Ice Palace. And because or... I think all the other Brosnan movies had video game adaptations. And this one did Yes, they did. Add ones, but they did. 
Hmm. Goldeneye is just considered it's the best Bond game that's ever been made. That that's fine. Uh, In my opinion, I... I do love uh, Agent Under Fire. Hmm. Agent Under Fire feels like the direct sequel to this to the Goldeneye. Uh, hmm. In gameplay, it's one of the few first-person shooters they did. Um, it's the only one of that era where Brosnan didn't do the voice or the look-alike. Because he did it for Everything or Nothing and Nightfire. Actually, no, he didn't do the voice for Nightfire. He gave them permission to use his likeness. But in Everything or Nothing, that's the weird sequel to Die Another Day. With uh, Willem Dafoe as the villain, and it's about nanobot technology. You ever play that? No, but now I want to watch Let's Plays. It had that a Bond amazing. song for it that charted. Hmm. That's how big a deal it was. It's a terrible song. Not as terrible as Madonna's song, but still bad. I mean, that, that fits with the Brosnan era. Oh, which we should point out. GoldenEye best uh, opening song. It's not, to me, it's not even that memorable, but it's not unpleasant to listen to. Like You don't like The World Is Not Enough by Garbage? It's not terrible, but I always think it sounds exactly the same, like Tomorrow Never Dies by Sheryl Crow. Like, I got them confused so many times. Really? And, yeah, and to me, it's just like, eh, it's a song. But once it stops, I immediately forgot, like, how it goes. I don't know. It's, it's I'm not a big bad, but to me it's fan. not memorable. I'm a big garbage fan. I sat through the second season of the terrible Terminator TV show because the uh, What's-Her-Face from Garbage was a Terminator in that. Spoilers mm. to a show that's not worth watching. She turns out yeah, to be yeah. another T-1000, even though that was a prototype in Terminator 2. But Jeremy, really, we all we both are fans of Garbage. We expose ourselves to it, you know, every day for oh, yeah. content. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we have one more good one, Noah. Mm-hmm. We have one I, more I'm hyped good for this. one. And then we're going to be sifting through the sewage. And then we'll have another good one. And then we'll be sifting again. Oh my god. But maybe even worse than the last two Brosnan ones. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched any of the other Brosnan movies yet for this. So, a little inside baseball here. I watched all this back in July. Then I went on vacation. Then I started school. I had a week off this week. And I was like, we need to record. We just need to record some stuff and get it out there. Hmm. So, anyway, I have nothing else really to add. Yeah, this Gold is fine. I, it's yeah, it's fine. It's aged. It's not the best one, and I think most nostalgia comes from the game, which is fine. But I don't get how people rank this as like the best Bond movie ever made, especially with that. It's, really terrible lead performance. The most other actors that are don't fine like movies. Bond movies like this movie. Hmm. Yeah. It's the same people that like the Craig movies. 
Oh, God. Because they don't like Bond movies. This was designed to be like a crowd pleaser. Is this... Wait. This was designed to be the crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. Is this the MCU mo- Marvel movie of the Bond movies? That's tough because Tomorrow Never Dies is very similar to this. Hmm. That feels like a popcorn movie. All the Brosnan movies feel like popcorn movies, to be completely Oh, yeah, honest. clearly. Um, the one do, that but... feels the least like it is World Is Not Enough. Mm-hmm. That just feels schizophrenic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that. I mean, we get to tie another day, and that's what it, it feels like nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they made their dark, gritty post-9-11 movie with Bond getting whipped in the nuts. Anyway. That's all I have. Have a good one, everyone. Goodbye.